This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 133 of Banging on the Drum. The episode name is going to be Whooping Ass and Taking Name on the Road this week. Uh, I'm your host, P-Dog, joined alongside our other host, M-Dog. And M-Dog, how are you feeling after this weekend? Uh, so I'm pretty good. Um, had a good weekend. Packers won. Badgers win. I got a deer today. Life is fucking good. Catching deer out there, tracking them down. Deer. Yes, I tracked this baby. I was pretty pretty excited about the way I actually got this one. Um, fucked up early in the morning right so like uh i get like 25 deer to roll in front of me and so which is kind of a lot they're all like right there they're all in like pretty much this shooting zone like every one of them is right there and so like can't really move because one of them's gonna catch you and then bust all of them right but i get my gun up i got this this buck in my sights pull the trigger like nothing uh are, are you pretty good at like evaluating that situation i remember when i hunted with you at your land like i had deer roll up on me like that i don't know if it was quite 24 but it was a bunch yeah. of them and i remember i think you told me beforehand he's like like is your gonna be your first deer so like just get one and then we'll deal with it later but i remember when i was like aiming at them i was like I don't even know which one's the biggest one. Like I can't tell. So I'm just going to point at that one. Yeah. Um, so I think I've gotten better about that, especially because most of what I try to shoot now is bucks. Right. So like, um, I used to get real antsy and, but now there two bucks came in at the same time and I could tell one was a little bit bigger than the other. Um, and so like I took the second one and usually like now, I've noticed that if two bucks roll in or if one buck rolls in and then there's another one behind him, the one behind him is going to be bigger. If you can't tell, like the one behind him is always bigger than the first one. I wonder why that is, if that's actually a thing or like if there is a reason why that that's a thing. Or if it's just something that like I think happens, right? You know, (laughs) more than likely. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, But like if those come through, it feels like the big doe comes first and then the little doe comes second. Okay. Yeah. I, weird, right. Um, but I do think that I can tell the difference between the size of deer because I take my time before I shoot. And then I don't shoot a lot of does. And then they'll probably like be like right next to each other at some point before. I so you were shoot. pretty confident when you had your unloaded gun that you were aiming at the biggest one in this this massive the biggest block for sure yeah okay. so th- there was 22 of them were does okay just two bucks came in and so like if there was another buck behind them like i guess which is a possibility but like that one was probably fucking ginormous then. it was just a giant and i would have missed <laughs> should have waited should have waited for him see but that's kind of the issue is that like you wait too long and then all of a sudden he doesn't come and then you got no nothing but Click, we get to rack around. I thought I racked around at my car like I normally do and then walk in, right? Um, and so click, everything, everybody, all the fucking deer scatter. Um, 
few of them roll back through, but like they all just scatter. Right? And so I basically was thinking, oh, I'm fucked. I'm not going to have like any real opportunity, like the rest of the hunt. You know, if I stay out all day, like maybe something else will come through. But all those deer that were in that area at that time, I don't think are coming back unless they get spooked into my space. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, you need someone to kick them up. That was my specialty when I was hunting. I was the guy that couldn't sit still, so they would be like, "Go walk through the woods." Yeah. Um. And so, anyway, I was like, "All right, you guys, sitting there, and I'm kind of pissed about like the way shit went." And I decide, like, well, it's we just got snow this morning. These are the only deer that have been through this space. Like, so when I was walking, I was looking to see like where the deer like walking in here and there was nothing which surprised me but like because it snowed at like six o'clock last night seven o'clock last night and it already snowed and so i was like well i'll just like find like this trail i know where he was at here i know kind of the direction he went in so i'll just find the trail that he went on and i'll follow it up and i did that seen him pop up and he moved and he was standing in the woods there and got him didn't miss twice. Well, I didn't miss the first time really either. I don't consider that a miss. I have missed deer that I should have hit. And, yeah. But well, you didn't mess up twice. I'm proud of you, Mike. Good nope, work out so there. Nine pointer. Yeah. Nine. Nine pointer. What did it score on the buck index or whatever that is? It's probably not great. It's not a huge <laughs> nine pointer. But um and I don't know that I like identified the larger buck out of the two like when i was well, didn't you say your uncle got the other one yeah and that one is definitely bigger the antlers are anyway. oh okay. they're both mine's probably a little bit wider but his is definitely thicker and taller so the show alters buck indices right there is that what it is um i, I did not that's, a, that's like a weather term oh uh so uh he probably is not the biggest deer I've ever shot. All right. Well, and you got one. Like the antlers off. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was pretty happy. It was the last day of the season. Yeah. Your got kids can eat for well, yeah. for a, yeah. for a couple weeks still, so you're good to go. All right, Mike, you ready to roll into this show? Yep. All right. Oh, so nice we got to start with with the bad news. Actually, let's start with the good news. I no. Mm, yeah let's start with the good news so mike no we're starting with the bad news sorry i'm just okie doking you guys so we do our uh six pack and a pound brought to you by taco john's go out there and get a six pack and a pound probably get some nacho cheese maybe a side of sour cream and some guacamole uh to put those that pound down but our betting this week uh mike went two and four uh, looks like he's in good shape on the, his Ravens bet, which will put him at three and four. Who knows? There's still half football to be played, though. But anyways, Mike is minus 300 at the moment. Uh, and I went five and two on plus 600 and then plus 1200 on the season. I'm just taking it to you, Mike. I'm 3,800 bing bongs ahead of you in the challenge. So Mike's negative 2600 bing bong so good thing you got that deer because he's not going to be spending bing bongs on money or uh, spending bing bongs on food anytime soon but mike 
you ready to face the music and mike cracks back that sun drop uh and if you didn't know if you're joining we shot lose your shotguns a sun drop mike's getting really really good at it he just put that one down in i want to say that was like a good 20 seconds probably less we should start timing them but you look good your 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 eyes how you feeling i was a little water I would get flustered and sweaty right afterwards. Like there's something weird that happens to me. And then I'm flustered and I can't really talk good right afterwards. Yeah. I feel like that's the, what used to happen to me when I drank beers. Like, okay. I get, and it wasn't sweaty, but I would always like, I would like, he was like a shame, right? Like that. I shouldn't be drinking anything. Really? And I'd be like cold and like shiver. Yeah, like probably for like five years after I started drinking. Did you say ashamed? Yeah, like it was like a, I wasn't ashamed. That's not like what my brain told me. Oh, okay. Right? But like I felt like, like that's what my body was telling me. It was like, you're fucking up here, dude. It was weird. All right. Well, we will roll into the All good right. news. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know how to respond to that. So we're just rolling into the good news here. So Mike puts out a preview that you guys should check out before uh, before the games on Sunday or whatever. This game was Thursday. Mike put it out Wednesday. We were a little late was, with it, but it was like was press a- for time. Yeah, yep. press for time. But you went in there and hammered some points home. I was going to rewatch it and write your points out. Actually, we probably have it in a Google Doc, but... It, it was it was pretty phenomenal how like tit for tat you went f- with like what the Packers actually ended up doing in the game and like why they were so successful in that game. And I do think a lot of those, and I think you would admit yourself that they're pretty cliche a lot of times. Like oh yeah, like long story short, score more points than the other team and you're gonna win. But but yours was like good. Like it was like throw a bomb to Christian Watson early. Yeah, but- so the throw a bomb to Watson is like one I put in every time. I want like a huge play. And I no, I actually think I put throw like an early play to Watson deep, right? Yeah, it was something like that. Because I had a big play in there too where I wanted Dylan to take one to the house from 50 plus. Yeah, and I mean he had he had his big play there in that game as well. But no, I thought you did a good job on that. So I wanted to give you your flowers when it came to that. But you ready for the play-by-play of the game? We're going to see if this is the smoothest one I can ever do. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I was waiting for you to say ready. So now. Ready, set, go. Okay. First drop of the game. Packers start out the game with the aforementioned bomb. To Christian Watson, uh, 53 yard pass on that one. Uh, the only thing I had to say about that pass, it does look like if if Love would just try to outthrow him or overthrow him, that this one might have been a touchdown uh, right off yeah. the bat. But yeah. I mean, it definitely did build momentum. Um, Obviously, a 53-yard pass, but then we capped off that drive with a 10-yard touchdown pass to Jaden Reed. Um, next drive we have to follow. Uh, this was one of the more disappointing things of the game, but there wasn't many disappointing things in the game. But we just end up giving up a touchdown right away back to 
Detroit, uh, there was a pass interference by Quay Walker on that one, continue to drive, but they finished that drive with a touchdown pass to Sam Laporta, but they end up missing the extra point. Uh, we get the ball back, and I'm trying to remember the big play on this one, but this is a drive we finished with a touchdown pass to Tucker Kraft. Um, but yeah, just a pretty methodical drive, uh, nickel and diamond down. Uh, 75 yards, 10 plays, five minutes and 22 seconds. So pretty good for uh, time possession. And then Tucker Craft wide open on what seemed to be a pretty well schemed up uh, play for the Packers to score that touchdown. Uh, it does seem like when someone gets gypped out of a touchdown, like the previous week, they try to go back and give them a touchdown. Uh, it took him a little while to uh, cap the one off to Musgrave after like a big miss over the middle, but they they see that stuff. And I think Kraft on that play last week where he jumps the dude and he runs down the sideline, I think they really realized that they had a guy. And then it didn't hurt that Musgrave was out. So he was kind of the only guy there, but pretty cool. Uh, so was that, the, was, that touch the, on. was that when they didn't give him the first down? It was like on the 10 yard line, nine yard line or something like that. They didn't give him the first down. And then they threw that. Is that who the, when that touchdown went in? I think so, because it was a third and one at the Detroit yeah. nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, didn't get the, they tried to get the first down on second and two with a run with AJ Dillon. And I think the they end. got it pretty easy. Just got a terrible spot. Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't recall it that well, but Anyways, great drive, capped off with a touchdown. And then we come out. Uh, Gary forces a fumble. Uh, Owens, Jonathan Owens picks it up, runs it back 27 yards for a touchdown. A little bit of confusion on that play. It was a very smart heads-up play for him to pick up and run back for a touchdown. I do feel like that play, the, the refs are maybe getting smarter with that, like where they're not blowing it dead, like where it looks like it could have been a pass. I seen it. I was watching uh, the Eagles and Bills game. Same thing happened, but it, it was pretty clearly a pass in the Eagles Bills game, and they still didn't blow it dead uh, just to to so they could go back and review it. So th that was pretty cool that that one didn't get blown dead on us. But yeah. anyways, score a touchdown there. Go up twenty to six. Uh, Carlson misses the extra point on this one. So. I guess there's there's where we could add another uh, weakness into it because it is starting to become a little bit of a theme. His brother missed a, a field goal or an extra point, or I think a 30-yard field goal today too. So it might run in the family. We might need to get rid of this guy, Mike. Just I don't think so. No, I don't. I'm not either. worried yet. Not yet. No. I'm not worried. No, our boy Chris Jackie uh, came out with the thing. So the big thing going on right now is like Love through 11 games and uh, Aaron Rodgers through. 11 games it is pretty incredible like i want to say they both have 2599 yeah it's yards. like the exact same amount of yards that's yeah. what i saw i don't know if that was true or not so yeah no i definitely thought i was getting punked on twitter but it it ran so i mean if it's false there's a lot of people rolling with that narrative um, yeah but anyways carlson and crosby have a very similar track record i think crosby might have hit like 88 percent of his kicks where uh, Carlson's at like 87 or something like that. Okay. Uh, 
Crosby didn't miss any extra points, but that was back when the extra point was a little bit closer to. Yeah, from the two, right? So it's a lot easier kick. Yeah, but next drive, we come out and force another fumble. Uh, This one, Carl Brooks forces the fumble and recovers the fumble. Uh, So the Packers start this drive at the Detroit 23. Um, End up getting no points out of this. Uh, We do a four and out. Uh, so that is one of the points like where we could have really stepped on the throat. If we got a touchdown there, like the game was for sure over at that point. Uh, we're going to kind of fast forward through the rest of the first half. Uh, the Packers end up getting another field goal in this and then missing a field goal. But I want to say that field goal was, yeah, it was a 63 yard uh, field goal attempt. So I guess if if uh, they thought he was a bad kicker, I don't think they would trot him out for this one. But but second half starts. Detroit gets the ball first. Uh, they go down the field, get a touchdown. So rough start to the first half for the Packers. Uh, we end up punting the ball to them. They turn it over on downs. But then we capitalize on that very quick. Uh, we get it at the Detroit 20. Oh, that was the fake punt. Okay. That I was real curious about this. So just a ultimate, you know, uh, good on the Packers because that's one of the things I don't remember if you put it in your keys to success, but I definitely remember the last time we played Detroit, which was early in the season where I think we were still doing two shows a week, pretty consistently. That was my one thing was expect something crazy from Dan Campbell. Like yeah, every yeah. every single game, there's going to be something crazy. So they were on that one. Uh, that was the rookie, the first round rookie. Van Ness is the one who kind of sniffed it out and handled it. Yeah. So good yeah. on him. Yep. They fuck up. And then we do kind of step on their throat a little bit here. Uh, cap it off with a pretty quick uh, 16-yard touchdown pass to Christian Watson. So Watson was having a hell of a day. Uh, Detroit gets the ball back again, and Gary forces another fumble on this one. So he forced two fumbles, and he recovered this fumble. Uh, So I, I didn't realize he had three sacks, two forced fumbles, and a recover fumble. So hell of a day out of Gary. Uh, got the game ball. That was pretty cool at the end of that. Uh, then I guess kind of a garbage time touchdown for Detroit. They get the ball. Uh, I fast forward a couple drives here. Uh, but they get the ball at their own nine. Do put together a pretty good drive to go down and score a touchdown, like I said, 91 When they're down two, when they're down 15, right? So they're like, the game isn't really close. There's what, three minutes left, something like that, four minutes left when they start? Yeah, two minutes, 46 seconds. So yeah, three minutes. Um, And so like the idea that I would assume Joe Barry is going off of there is like, just make them drive the ball, right? Do not give up the big like this is where you play like a like let them have everything underneath like a them. Joe Barry defense, right? This there. is Joe <laughs> Barry's bread and fucking butter. Right? Yep. Yeah, this is what we need for. him for. Yep. Yeah. Um 
And so, like, this was the perfect time to be playing Joe Barry defense, and that's what they did. They kept him in in bounds a couple times when they needed to, and just let that clock tick down. I think they were out of timeouts at that point as well, right? Uh, no, maybe not that two to finish the game. I think because it was like forty one seconds, and they had two timeouts. Yeah, they were going to win after the onside kick. So they used a timeout. They used two timeouts on that drive. I think there was a penalty where they had to use a timeout. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. They used a timeout then. Green Bay used a timeout. So you're right. They had two timeouts in their pockets right. uh, going into the next drive. But So they took two minutes to score on that drive. That's a, or pretty two minutes, play. five seconds, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and so they, that was 41 seconds. All we have to do is recover the kick, which, as Auburn knows, is not as easy as can be, right? So Auburn fumbles a kick, a punt. Yeah, I only yeah. seen the end of that game. That that was crazy. The the end of the Iron Bowl there, but but yeah, we recover the onside kick, sit on the ball, get the victory. Um, yeah, but just all around great game. Yeah, did you hear the final verdict on why we did not get the turkey leg? So I've heard that uh, Olsen rips the turducken apart, and that was the only one they had. I find that very difficult. So I heard one tweet. I can't even remember who tweeted it, but it seemed pretty uh, reputable. It, it didn't seem like it was one that was messing with us. But they branded the turkey. Uh, See, before and I the, saw that one too, and I thought it was fucking bullshit. Like, who would do that? Like, you think there's no chance the Packers can win that game? Yeah, but anyways, what it, what they said was they branded it with Detroit, and then they didn't want to run it out there. Which, yeah, I find kind of crazy too, especially where it wouldn't be that hard to just brand it like last second and run it out there, like. And so let's be honest, like you're making, I mean, you have to be making a lot of money every time you show any football game on TV, be my assumption, right? Like you're making good money. Like you pay a lot of, a ton of money to have the rights to these games. So yeah. there's no way you're not making money. And so like 50 or a hundred dollar Turkey shouldn't, shouldn't be like the issue here. Yeah. No. Or like, even if even if uh, Olson does rip that one apart, like why aren't you just like cutting off the like the leg of the thing that he didn't touch? Yeah, we got you turkey know, like, turkey gate on our hands. Turkey yeah, gate. Those, those are some good points. This, but uh, so like Aaron Rodgers like was mad because like everybody passed on him in the draft or whatever. Like he was always kind of pissy about something that was the chip on his shoulder. This is fucking. Loves yeah. chip on the shoulder. Loves revenge tour. He he's got to get that turkey leg because yeah, I, I don't think we'll be playing on Thanksgiving again next year. I guess I don't know how that works really, but maybe. We so would. we're gonna play Detroit. So we could always play Detroit on Thanksgiving. I and guess so we, yeah. We play Detroit twice every year. We could play them every year on Thanksgiving if Detroit wanted us to. And we did play them both times on Thursday nights this year. So that's yeah. Or Thursdays, I guess not Thursday nights, but right. But yeah, back to the game all around. Really good game uh, from the Packers. I did want to just check out 
because we've been constantly complaining about the penalties. So we did still have seven penalties for 60 yards. Uh, we didn't win the time of possession thing, but I think it's because we were going down and scoring a little bit more often. And we well, actually we were out. And we did a fumble recovery or two yeah. or three that yeah. like makes drives way shorter or no drive at all. Yeah. And that is exactly where it comes down to is the big categories that, you know, you like to see your team win is time possession. A lot of times, I guess that can be kind of skewed because like what you just said right there, uh, but we won the turnover battle three to nothing um, and ended up with a game where the score was probably a little bit closer than it really was uh, at the end of the game there. Um, But yeah, what are, what are your takeaways from this game? Like, all right, so I'm just going to jump into our uh, SWAT here. Um, and so, like, we'll start off with our strengths, which is kind of the way we like to roll with it. Um, and I think right now, everything that's happening on the field is a strength. Um, the receivers are playing really well. Where Sean Gary and the defense are playing really, really, really well. Uh, Gary and Brooks are probably the two that, like, stand out the most to me. But Preston Smith is a guy that I want on my team, like, all the time, it feels like. The secondary is is killing it. Um, Ballantyne and Ballantyne playing out of their minds for guys who I don't even think we expected to necessarily contribute at all. Yeah, not much. Well, maybe maybe the corner. Or, I mean, maybe the nickel corner spot. Uh, feels like the defense, every time there's an opportunity to get a break, is getting that break. Um, you know, when there's a fumble, they're recovering it. Uh, when there's an opportunity to get the fumble and not, like, have them pass it, they're getting there. They're doing the things. They're creating their own luck, right? Um, uh, the old line is keeping love clean, and when love is staying clean in the pocket, he is killing people he is smoking right now just rolling um i think they're saying that he has the through the same amount of starts has like the exact same yards as rogers which is absolutely crazy to me doesn't really make sense um wait wait, say that one again that love and rogers have like the same similar numbers through the same starts Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what you mentioned earlier, um, which seems crazy, but, um, still is pretty cool. Um, all right. So everything really on the field is going right. Like there's no issues there. Weaknesses. Uh, this is one that is driving me crazy. Probably the last like three weeks, Matt LaFleur at halftime just wants to fucking do nothing. He wants to do a little screenplay, and if that doesn't go anywhere, then we're going to kneel it out and head to the fucking uh, locker room. And I think that the best coaches in the league have taken advantage of that halftime like swing of possession. We're going to get two in the first half, and then like we're not going to let – or like we get the ball at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, we're going to go touchdown, touchdown – and put you in a deficit right off the jump. Um, Carlson misses an extra point. He misses a field goal, um, which the field goal actually surprised me quite a bit because he missed it short. It was a 63-yard. 
Yeah, but I assume that like most guys in the NFL, like you line them up, they can kick it the distance. It's the accuracy at that distance that's the issue. And so I was surprised at that. Now, obviously, I'm wrong there. Like that's not a correct assumption. That's just my personal assumption is that like most of these guys can kick it the distance. I think, no, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I think most of your kickers you carry on a roster, you expect in like perfect conditions, which you're going to have in Detroit that they can hit like a 65 yarder if, if push comes to shove. Eh, no, maybe 60s where you kind of draw the line. I, I'm just, were you watching the, the Buffalo, uh, Eagles game because dude saw Elliot hit a deep one, but I don't know. Yeah, fifty nine yarder in the rain, and I mean he still had some like it would have probably been good from sixty, sixty one, sixty two, maybe not sixty three, but still. uh, Well, so Carlson's struggles may have had him take some of that off, right? Some of it off so that it goes straight. Yeah, like that's what you choose to do because when you're kicking as hard as you possibly can, maybe it doesn't go straight, right? Like it doesn't always go the way you want, but because just like a golf swing, the harder you swing at golf, like the less accurate you usually are, right? See, I find that to be like kind of the opposite. The harder I swing, the straighter the ball goes for some reason. With my driver, golfer in the world, man. I'm pretty damn good. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I swear, if I if I just swing out of my ass on the drives and am connecting, they tend to go. Pretty straight, usually, but nice. So for me, like if I take just a bit off of my drive, that's when mine go right. Mine will be much better. It generally speaking, but if I try to swing hard, who knows where it's going? Not me. I can tell you that much. I got no clue. Um, and then uh, love is a consistent underthrower. I think he's got too much confidence in his arm. He thinks there's no way Watson can run under a ball that I throw to the back of the end zone. And Watson would. Yeah, that that first play of the game, it definitely looks like if he would have laid it out there maybe two, three more yards, he could have it. But it was a basically 53-yard throw on the on the in the air. So I guess judging that's gotta be kind of tough, but I have no clue. Yeah. I think he'll get yeah. there, though. Like, I really think it's all coming because he's consistently been improving this whole time, it seems like. So if that's, like, the fault of your game is that your deep ball isn't super consistent, right? Your deep ball doesn't hit everybody right in the hands. Do we have a problem? Yeah, I mean, I don't you, think we you have- don't have a problem, but then you don't have you do have a problem i guess your problem is there's teams that got have guys that can do that patrick mahomes i guess there's not like many super but there's there's only maybe like six guys in the league that do everything well yeah no maybe six yeah i was knocking um Josh Allen a little bit today, but he he definitely shut me back up. I, I was kind of getting him into the overrated category. But one thing I think he does is so obviously he runs way above average. But yeah. after that, I think it's just he does everything pretty good. 
Like he lets it yeah. like rip a lot, but like, like he's not spectacular when it comes to accuracy. He's not, I mean, he's got a cannon. So I guess arm strength as well he has, but, but yeah, I think if he hits deep balls consistently, he's unstoppable and he doesn't and he's not unstoppable i guess that that's where i say would say that your problem comes into play but right and so like i'm trying to think if there's a guy i mean outside of aaron Rodgers, is there a guy that just ever meet burrow maybe just makes every throw he's supposed to burrow i think mahomes is there i see i don't think so I think Mahomes has a different is at a different level with he keeps plays alive in a different way. Like, and like I don't watch him enough to know, but like he's got to be able to hit every throw though. Otherwise, you don't get the numbers you get to either. Yeah, and he does. And his guys have, have been dropping so many balls this year, but. Yeah, I would put him and Aaron Rodgers pretty close together where watching Mahomes like for a full game, I'm pretty biased and stuff, but I've watched enough football. And if I take my unbiased stuff off, like Aaron Rodgers is quite possibly the best quarterback I've ever seen play the game where it comes to like hitting people and stuff like that. But I do think Mahomes keeps plays alive a little bit better. So yeah. that's where I would give him the notch. So Aaron Rodgers definitely because we don't him. we don't compare young Rodgers to Mahomes though either. Right? We compare Rodgers been in the league for 12 years where he doesn't run anymore. Right? He ran way more when he was Yeah, young. yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is I think even with that like if you are throwing young Rodgers into that it's close but Mahomes yeah. is a little bit better at that yeah. stuff than Rodgers was. Yeah, he's but, he's ridiculous. So, but I mean, when we're talking about quarterbacks, and we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, but Burrow does the same thing. He escapes sacks better than probably any quarterback in the league. Right, yeah. like he's guys slippery. get their hands on him, and he just sneaks out. Yeah. I don't know how he does it, but yeah, and, and he hits his deep balls. Yeah, it's yeah. It gets ticky tacky at a certain point, but yeah, you're right. We're off on we're on we're too far. We we straight too far. We'll ju- we'll jump into like a, the opportunity. So an opportunity, I think, which we've already kind of discussed. We've left that ball short, right? The opportunity is to just chuck that deep. I think probably at least Watson and Reed can probably run under that ball just about every time, and so like. Just don't throw it to Dobbs or to Musgrave or Malik Heath. Uh, who's the other one? Wicks. Like, just don't throw it to those guys. Like, they're just maybe not quite as fast. Um, that's fine. Um, but when you're throwing the deep ball to Watson, just put it on the back end zone line and let him run to that point and go get it. If he doesn't make it, we'll adjust from that point. Don't let the defender catch it. Yeah, but another thing that came out good from that is it does look like Watson's learning to come back for the ball. Like where there was a play earlier in the year, 
where you called it out pretty good is like he probably should have came back for it uh where it was an interception and he probably could have got past interference or broke up the pass where he just kind of was like oh he underthrew me like but now it looks like he's learning like oh if i just hit the brakes and the dude's chasing me he's probably going to get past interference because he's not going to be able to turn his head around quick enough to make it look like he's playing the ball if he's playing me He's going to try to grab me as I'm coming back. Yeah, That's usually what happens. I do. Th- I did see something on Twitter that was a like, don't reward underthrown footballs, which is what they do with the pass interference in a lot of cases. And I'd agree with that 100 percent too. Right? Yeah, like the, th- there should be something to like, judge that a little bit better. To some extent, the defender should be able to just continue running. Yeah, right in a straight line and not be called for pass interference. Yeah. No, like if he I, comes out and he hooks a guy or whatever, that's a different thing. But like if you just run through him, but yeah. I get where that's really like you'd have to have really high level officiating, and it doesn't yeah. feel like that's what we have this year in the NFL. And yeah, it's the most subjective call in probably all of sports, and then you're just adding even more. I always use subjective and objective wrong. Is it objective? No objective is is seen, and subjective is like how you, uh, like how, how the you subject it. sees it. Subjective. No, yeah, maybe. No, yeah, we don't have object- to get down that one. Ob- objectable is uh, like it, it's observable. That's what ob- I believe. Right, okay. it's observed, and so the other one <laughs> is like kind of what you think about the situation. Yeah. Right. So, like things that you can't actually see, but like this is your perceived. And so I think it's the charge foul in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is basically the same thing. Block charge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Is blocker? Is it a charge? Like, right. Because there's contact, and then like usually the receiver's giving some, and the D back is. But, um, and so I'm going to go into my threats here. Uh, threats losing confidence i think that if this team has a few like ball bounces that go the other way like i want to see where their confidence is after like some shitty things happen to them and that's happened early in the year and i don't and i think that we have obviously bounced back long term or in the short term here but or like from game to game but like can you do that in a game where you get two bad ball bounces detroit ends up being up 14 to 3 after the first quarter, can you drive back and like make a comeback one? Um, I'm not positive, right? Like to be down pretty big and still come back. I know we did it early in the season, but I want to see what happens with our confidence when something like that happens now that we've gained a lot of confidence later in the year here. Yeah. And we got a good test against the Chiefs. And I think this goes on it more too like there's going to be a microscope on situations like that because we're playing the chiefs in prime time uh and then we were playing the giants in prime time and then we still have the vikings in prime time so there's three more games that everybody's watching uh to see if that could rattle the packers confidence if if it happens on a big stage so yeah yep um so I think the obvious one is injuries. We're like we get injuries at key positions. Um, 
I think Love would be something like that. One of uh, Zach Tom or the other tackle, like somebody on the offensive line, where we're then starting somebody who has not played as well this year. Um, maybe like both middle linebackers go down. If we're missing both of those guys, we might have a, a rough go of it, Campbell and Walker. Um, they seem to be dominating. And if Gary goes down, I think that's going to kind of crush our defense. So there's just key people there that like I think would crush us. Um, but injuries are going to crush just about any team most of the time, um, especially late in the year. And then um, I think a threat moving towards next year is that we're going to end up keeping Joe Barry, not because Joe Barry's defensive play calls are great and because he's this mastermind on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think he is. I mean, like he's the uh, like the epitome of like someone who is cashing out on his talent, I think. Like he's got so much upfront pass rush talent that – it hides that it doesn't matter what play he calls. Like we figure it out in a lot of situations. Um, I just don't think that he's good at like play calling a defense. He might be a good coach, right? He might be able to like get guys to a certain point and like get them better. But I don't think he's good at calling the defense. And so we're going to end up with him. Um, Calling, calling our defense because the defense is playing very, very well. I think it's a player's thing and not a coaching or, like, play calling. Thing. I shouldn't say he's not a good coach because, like, you might be able to develop players in a ridiculously good way. Yeah, and, yeah, no, you're 100% right. But it does feel like, as a defensive coordinator, he's kind of scared to do certain things at certain points. Like, it does feel like the Packers on third down play – more scared of not wanting to give up a third down more so than they want to like get a sack or do something like that. Um, If that makes any sense, but yeah, it it does feel like, Oh, let's play off the ball a little bit and let's, but it did seem a little bit better. I I've been thinking his calls have been a little bit better since I did since, since the, seat has been heating up i do want to see what what we did on on third downs this i did make a note of it that he was not he did not have the d-backs lined up behind the first down line at one point on like a third or a fourth down so i was pretty happy about that yeah so packers were five of 11 on third down and detroit was seven of 15. so i guess We'll have That's to, not bad. Like I can deal yeah, with that. Yeah. Like it is what it is. But I think that we're going to keep Joe Barry long term, and I don't think that it's his play calling. And maybe uh, he'll evolve, and he'll be the best defensive coordinator that has ever existed. I just don't feel that way right now. His defense is playing really, really well, and they're keeping teams to a reasonable point total. And so I shouldn't bitch, but I just think he's a threat long term to the Packers. Like in future years not necessarily this year i like it i like it but yeah no i think i think that could be a problem so it does seem seem like yeah maybe you can maybe he can get some like more advice calling the plays or whatever have somebody else's input on 
what we're doing on third downs or whatever and whatnot. But ultimately, we don't know shit about like the play calling and the defense. But it does seem like there's just some shit. And I've noticed this in the NFL, like all around this year is like it tilted like real hard. So like growing up and I would say most of the people who listen to it, like all 15, 15 of you guys out there, uh, like we grew up. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you. But like a four, three, you know, we grew up on a four, three defense, you know, there was an eye formation, there's a pro set and teams would run out of that <clears throat> you know you needed you needed one yard so you're going to put your eye set in uh maybe like heavy tight end whatever i don't know like all the play con stuff but it's just gone and it does seem like teams who i say it's gone but there's teams out there that are doing it and they're being successful yeah like where where on defense sometimes like just put five D lineman in and then cover man. And a lot of these problems get fixed, but it does seem like the league as a whole is pretty reluctant of they like having what we would call a nickel. Um, yeah. Growing up like very consistently on the field. Well, so, so in like, um, so I, when I was leaving, they said that they had Quay Walker was covering Gibbs on a play and the announcers were like, you'll take that every day. Like Detroit will go after that all the time. And I think he broke the pass up, right? Like, and I do think that linebackers in today's games are different things. And even your nickel uh, cornerback, he's a guy who's usually more like a safety than he is a corner, right? Like he's a, this hybrid type thing. Yeah, I think Woodson kind of changed the game with that. I, I do think uh, – was that Dom Capers' defense that won the Super Bowl? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think what he did with Woodson and those guys was a step towards – remember all those, like, crazy blitz packages we'd have? Like, we'd have, like, two down linemen, and, but I think that was and a lot so, like, to – They did a lot of stuff like that in Pittsburgh, too, I think, with Palomar, right? Yeah. So, like – he was he's a like a traditional like safety like he's a, one of the safeties, but like he's so versatile and his instincts are so good that like you were kind of like all right we're playing ten guys this guy's gonna do whatever he wants and Woodson could kind of be in that same boat right there's a like there, I think there's guys on just about every team like that it's whether they have the talent level like a Woodson or a Palomo like so Micah Hyde I think. Is kind of that dude. He was just instinctual, and he just was never like he never had like the draft capital with the Packers, and he was never that top end dude. He was just he was just there, right? Like he was just another player. He wasn't quite skilled enough to like take that step where you're Charles Woodson, right? Yeah, and yeah, and I think you got to have like one of the best safeties in the league, and we had Nick Collins. To cover yeah. up on top. I don't know who Paul Mao had playing next to him, but I know they had sure it was pretty, good. Yeah, pretty yeah. nasty yeah. like safeties and stuff. So like were really, really good. Yeah. And then to cover the back end. Like that was always my thought process behind that defense was like 
Nick Collins being able to be so smart on the back end allowed Charles Woodson to do whatever the fuck that he wanted to on the yeah. front end. So it, it would let him gamble because Collins was, yeah, good at like reading what was going on deep. But yeah, they might have had two guys on that team that were kind of those dudes, right? That were yeah. like just instinctual. For sure. For sure. All right, Mike, you got any more on the Packer game? Nope. Dominant. Looks like we're going to run this thing out. 8 0 to finish it up. No, I like it. And it's definitely catching some some traction. Uh, I know on the pregame show today, uh, maybe it was Strahan and uh, Terry Bradshaw both were like, the Packers do look like, not that this means much, but uh, both look like, or they said they, they both said that the Packers look like a playoff team uh, going forward. So I definitely think they do. Um, Looking at their schedule on out, I mean, we have the Chiefs next week, so that is going to be a good test. I, it is in Green Bay, but then, yeah, then we have the Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. So, like, pretty soft on out. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the Bucks are okay. They, like, they, they're okay, right? Like, they're not great or nothing. They're not scary. And that um, one's Vikings, in Lambeau. Vikings are okay, right? I mean, I think the Vikings are really good with, with Kirk Cousins, and now they're all right with Dobbs. Like, that's yep. that's how I would put the Vikings. Uh, and, yeah, the Panthers are just really bad, and the yep. Bears are almost as bad as the Panthers. Is so I, <laughs> I do think that the Bears are getting a little bit more traction than they've had, right? They're doing They're playing slightly better than they have been or than they were in week one. However, I still don't think they're good, right? They haven't progressed in the same way that the Packers have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. I'm looking forward to this playoff run, so we'll see how it goes. You ready to hop into this Badgers game here? Let's jump on it. All right. So pretty typical Big Ten West game, or I mean a pretty high-scoring Big Ten West game. Um this year so badgers win this game 28 to 14 uh pretty typical badgers start to a big 10 west game though uh giving up a touchdown on the first drive minnesota just marches down the field uh runs in a touchdown puts them up seven nothing uh badgers continue to just start games awfully slow uh they end up Putting a drive together, it's their third drive of the game, which ends up being in, you know, early to mid second quarter. So did get on the board. I guess they did that last week as well, but a little bit earlier. Um, but tie this game up 7-7 and then give up another touchdown, go down 7-14. to uh, But after that, defense settles in. Offense starts kicking. Uh, yeah, Mordecai played a good game. Uh, Braylon Allen was running the ball down Minnesota's throat. Uh, he had 26 carries for 165 yards. Uh, they do have a drive they capped off. Uh, it was a Braylon Allen 50-yard 
run and then another Braylon Allen four yard run for a touchdown. Uh, that put the Badgers up 21 to 14, then hold Minnesota to a punt, get another touchdown. And that game was basically ice. Uh, if you look at it, the Badgers have given up six points in the second half over their last four games. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go through the drive by drive as much as we do with the Packers. I think we hop in the Packers a little bit more because they have uh, a better chance to, I guess, just make the playoffs and stuff like that where the Badgers season looks like we're heading to the music city bowl, which I'm pretty excited about because that's only an is hour that, away from where I live. Is that, legit the one? is that legit the one we're going to, or is it just an opera, an option? Yeah. So I looked at like bowl projections and like they have like five different sites that predict where teams are going to the bowls and uh, four of the five put the Badgers in the music city bowl. So interesting. All right. So yeah, I don't know exactly yeah. what's that. I, yeah, I would definitely go if it's in Nashville because that that game's December thirtieth too. It's a Saturday, perfect opportunity uh, for me to get to a Badger game uh, this one. But we'll just get straight into my talking points here. Uh, Braylon Allen, he is back for real, for real. Like I said, uh, we rode him. Uh, gave him 26 carries. He ended up getting 165 yards, two touchdowns in this game. Uh, huge, huge difference from uh, what we've seen out of Braylon Allen in the past two weeks. It definitely looked like a different guy out there. He was turning, you know, the runs that guys were just going down <clears throat> after the first hit into. He had like a like I said, a 50-yard run. I want to say he had like another two 20-yard runs as well. So it looked like a true Badgers running game out there. Uh give a little shout out to our boy Yakamelli that we were shitting on a little bit that looked like he had no vision at all. He did have one run where uh what was it? It was a 13-yard run, and he made a couple good cuts in there. So that was promising, but then other than that, uh, he had eight more carries where he kind of looked like what we said he was, like just kind of yeah. putting his head down and running real hard. So so maybe he's learning. He did have one one run where I was pretty impressed by. But, but yeah, the running game was for real in this one. Tanner Mordecai looks like a great leader out there. I, I'm very impressed by him. Uh, he did exactly what he needed to do. He was 14 to 22, uh, 145 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. His interception came on a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. So it was just kind of a jump ball. It did get kind of scary. So I get why teams sit on the ball uh, before going into half. Cause it it almost looked like it could have been a pick six. You remember? Okay, that? so so we did see a pick six this on Thursday from a hail mary, right? Dolphins take one of those. Oh, okay, yeah, right. I sat the Dolphins game out. Uh, th that was oh, Friday, right? Dolphins Jets. Oh yeah, maybe that one was it. Yeah, I yeah, think it was. It was your uh, prime tweet one. 
that you thought there should be like a, a yeah, there should be deal. some yeah some type of like extra deal if the Dolphins win, right? Like uh, Dolphin safe tuna or something. Yeah, but cheap. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, but I anyway, do remember so they, the play you're talking about now. Yeah, they they get a pick six, but this is my thing about the hail mary. All right, so the hail mary, the only thing that you're required to do for both offense and defense is be near the ball, right? Like just be in a big huddle, be near the ball. So if it gets picked off, you tackle that fucking dude. Like you should be like on top of him. There should you should never have an opportunity to return that to go anywhere. Like you should be right there. They throw the ball as high as they can in the air. Just get underneath the ball. And yeah. Then when it, oh, it's not. I'm not going to get it. This guy's over here is going to get it. Just hit him. Yeah. Apparently, it doesn't work quite like that. But yeah, yeah. I, you could just. Not, but like, I don't understand why. Yeah. I, yeah. You could just do pass interference at that point and just be like, well, that didn't work. Like, yeah, I'll get another try. Yeah. Well, in the NFL, you can't because then it's at the one. Oh, I'm talking about for the offense, but but yeah, I guess that that as well. But you you probably think you just have a chance to catch the ball, so you're not going to do that. And then the other guy catches the ball, and you're like, oh shit, I probably should have just tackled him, but I didn't. And now he's running back. You still back should be right out. there. You still should be like right there. Like if you even if you both jump up for that ball, right, then you're just like grabbing it. I don't. Know. It just, yeah. Like the Jets one, like nobody was around that dude. Like he had like. Three yards to make the it was like a punt where they didn't even like they weren't even close to him. Just like, all right, now I get to go. Yeah, but that's that's the Jets as well. So yeah, they are a dejected team at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, and then the last thing I had in my talking points, already spent it. But yeah, the Badgers second half defense has just been insane. Uh only giving up two field goals in the second half for the last four games. Uh, I looked back. I wanted to see if it was like a whole season thing, and it hasn't quite been like that. But they have been pretty damn good in the second half. Even if you throw the Ohio States in there, I think there was one game where they had like a fairly bad second half. Uh, but I'll get into our strengths here. So strengths uh, looks like we found a decent balance uh, and a good way to use Allen in the, our air raid attack that we have going i do think our offense is going to look a little bit different uh when when uh fickle gets all of his guys in but he finally settled in and was like i'm gonna give braylon allen 26 carries but in his defense allen has been hurt uh so he hasn't really had the opportunity to do that i mean he did early in the year and it didn't seem like he was doing it but i think he finally swallowed the pill and was like, hey, if we're going to finish this season strong, it's going to be on the back of the best player on the team. And that was cool to see. And it was cool to see that Allen was still running that hard. Um, And maybe his stock dropped enough. This is going to be an opportunity, but I'm going to just hop into an opportunity uh, while we're in the strengths that Braylon Allen's stock might have dropped enough to keep him out Wisconsin another year. That might be crazy, but okay. Might that's be- uh, I think that's wishful thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wishful thinking it could be. Um, but next strength, Tanner Mordecai. Uh, like I said, 14 to 22, two touchdowns, one interception, and that was from that Hail Mary. Uh, he threw the ball to seven different receivers. So doesn't discriminate out there. He will hit 
whoever he thinks is open. Uh, and, and yeah, he looks like a good quarterback he, and he takes off when he needs to take off. So he ran the ball nine times for 69 yards that a boy, um, hitting it on the dot, but, but yeah, he, he just looks good out there. Uh, granted we were playing Minnesota, so maybe I'm a little high off this game. Uh, than I should be. Uh, we won the turnover battle. They didn't come till late, but we took care of the ball to the point where Minnesota had to press, and then we forced a fumble and picked one off. And then our last strength here is we just put the golfers back uh, where they where they belong. Back, back in the golfer hole. Yep, yep. Stole the axe. And then we were super good. I'm making it real annoying when we were chopping down the posts. Like my wife and I were watching this and she was like, they're not even hitting the post. <laughs> she, she actually so, thought they were going to take like full swings at the post. Like so to- I actually mentioned to my wife, I was like, what if one of these idiots like broke this stupid thing? Because like they like they're pretending to hit and like they actually hit it. Dude, it is like kind of the lamest thing ever. Like the yeah. only oh the no, actual no. like chopping part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like oh 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 like, but it definitely is like dragging your nuts across someone's face after you well, dominated it, them. And they stopped them from going to the other end zone too. Did you notice that? No, I thought. Like the game, they were kind running of out and like they were like singing some song out there. Uh, the Minnesotans were black and his wife, and I don't know the rest of the team, I suppose. Yeah, and then, like, they were oh, running across yeah. the field, and some assistant stopped them, which was probably yeah. no, it, it was pretty cringy because I was talking to one of my buddies that's like a true Minnesota fan, like the only real one I know, uh, like. One one of the guys that went to Minnesota? No, he he actually went to Duluth, but he grew up in Minneapolis. Like, but he's even when it comes to hockey, he's a Minnesota fan um, over Duluth, which I always found kind of funny. But like my buddies who are from Wisconsin who went to Minnesota, they're all basically Badger fans, uh, and they they were the the whole time. Uh, But he was true Gopher fan. And I was like, this is pretty cringy. But like, I was just rubbing it into him and sending him videos of them chopping down the thing. And then he was like, speaking of cringy, and then it was flacking like all the guys like arm to arm out there singing. Yeah. yeah what a nerd. So do Minnesota fans hate flack too? I don't know. I, I didn't catch the temperature on it. But yeah, he, he definitely looks like a nerd. I, I do. So if you look at like Minnesota's success recently, or oh, like, if you, yeah, like he, he has done a good job with the Minnesota program. So, so I bet that they do, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, he's, I'm glad he's not our coach. That's, that's all I will say. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's hop in the weaknesses here. Uh, slow start. We can't do that next year. Uh, I don't know who we're going to get in the Music City Bowl. 
Hopefully we can fix this before next year starts, but our schedule is absolutely murderer's row next year with Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, probably a US, USC, UCLA. I, I don't I can't have, remember. We're going to exactly. have Oregon, Washington, or USC. One of the three. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. So, I mean, probably two of those ones as well. Yeah. It, you can't spot a team 14 points. Not that we quite did that this time, but we spotted them seven points for sure. Uh, but yeah, it, we come back and bounce back. But yeah, it's not going to work against your Alabamas, Ohio States, Michigans. Um, but yeah, bad, bad starts from the Badgers. All right. So tentative schedule for the uh, Wisconsin Badgers next year. We have Western Michigan, South Dakota, Alabama, USC. Purdue, Rutgers, Northwestern, Penn State, Iowa, Oregon, Nebraska, Minnesota. So no, no, no Ohio, Ohio State. State. We got two open dates, so maybe we catch one of those guys. No Ohio State and no Michigan. Oh shit! I thought for sure this Ohio on, State was on the on the thing. Well, maybe they had to redo things due to the yeah the realignment. Yeah. So, so, like, it's no longer, like, there's no longer a Big Ten West either. I guess we should probably mention that. So that ended or will end with the championship game or whatever. Right? Yeah. So they're definitely going to have to get their <laughs> shit together to keep this bowl streak alive next year I mean, if we're not quite where we want to be yet. I mean, you still have Oregon, Penn State, and uh, Alabama, who are all, what, top 10 teams right now or top? 13 14 teams yeah yeah all good all really good teams i was even 19 which i think is crazy but i think that's kind of if just you don't a, lose you only have two losses i mean if you don't it, lose like how do you fall really below that and you're not it's not like you're playing scrubs true. you're playing a big 10 schedule which some of those teams are scrubs like we <laughs> haven't been very good however right like you did you did play maybe Michigan and Ohio State and those might be your two losses, right? Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I, I'm not looking at exactly yeah. Iowa schedule right now, but but well, yeah. maybe they didn't play Ohio State. Maybe maybe they didn't play Michigan. They just played Ohio State. Yeah, that that could be. Uh, they beat the shit out of us. Well, as far as. I will beating the shit out of anybody goes. So their losses to Penn State, they lost to them 31 to nothing. And then they lost to Minnesota 12 to 10. So, oh, okay. so yeah, weird losses in there. But but yeah. let's roll on. And then the last weakness that I have, I don't know if I would really consider it a weakness, but it just seems like we put everything together a little bit late. And like I said earlier, granted, we were playing Minnesota. So who knows if this is a true show, but the way that the offense ran in this game, uh, it felt like if we were playing like this earlier in the year, might have had a shot at the Big Ten West to go yeah. next against Michigan. So right. um, opportunities we have coming up, uh, get to showcase whether this is real, what we're doing in the Music City Bowl, hopefully. Fingers crossed on that one. 
Uh, Alan and Malusi could come back. So that's, like Mike said, my wishful thinking. Uh, and then just a strong finish if we do. I mean, we ended up winning our last two games. Sure, shit, I switched to Iowa's schedule uh, right when this. But, you know, a strong finish uh, could help us in the recruiting and transfer portal window. So those are opportunities. And then threats. Uh, just people leaving. So Allen leaves. That's going to be big. Mordecai is definitely gone. Goats on defense. Uh, Nijung Meta is gone. So it did look like most of our defense, like when I was going through this list, is junior or our juniors. And I don't know. I, I don't hear much yeah, about their draft ca- capital or anything like that. But it does seem like next year we are going to have a lot of senior talent on the defensive side of the ball so that is hopefully good like i said we're missing goats who's great and then uh Nijang meta who that's one of the guys i see making the most tackles out on the field um, i want to say that he was up for like he was a preseason opportunist for like whatever the uh the blit not blitnikoff that's the wide receiver was probably like something yeah like and i can't think of it as don't nope. Walker's the runner. Yeah. Yeah. The linebacker award, whatever it is. But yeah, I thought you were right with Blitnikoff, but yeah. Uh, That's the wide receiver one, 99%. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to fact check you on that one. Um, but that's all I have for the Badger game. Do you got anything that you want to throw in there? No, I was pretty happy to see him win the axe again. Right. So um, that is a game that I care that they win year in, year out, whether you're good or bad. The butt kiss award, Mike. Damn, that's too easy. Yeah, yeah way too easy, and I fucking missed it. <laughs> um, so, but the the axe is one that I feel like that should just stay in Wisconsin. That's one I never want to lose. Um, I don't know, like, that's a game I care about winning. Even if we're two and whatever, I don't know, two and ten or whatever it is. Right, twelve games. Yeah, um, I want one of those wins to be Minnesota. Yeah, and I do think Minnesota missed a chance at taking the axe three years in a row. Uh, this this was their chance yep. to do it. Uh, that was nice that we held that off, and I do think the axe is going to be in Wisconsin for the foreseeable future. So that that was great to see. So. But yeah, this this whole weekend of college football is one of my favorite weekends of football of the year. Like, I mean, it's always like Thanksgiving time, all the rivalry games, uh, good times. I, I tuned into the Florida Florida State game. That game was pretty awesome. Um, the Iron Bowl was amazing. But yeah, Wisconsin Minnesota is right up there with me. I did not go to. Uh, so there's a FCS team in the city that I live in and they were in the playoffs and oh, I thought it would have been a pretty cool opportunity to go see Austin P play Chattanooga uh, in the playoffs where it meant something, but same time as Good. the Badgers, Minnesota. Austin you know, P Cause you're in the city with Austin P. Yeah. And no, they didn't. They, it didn't look like it was like an amazing game. I, I was watching scoreboard watching cause I'm, choosing austin p as my fcs team 
and they lost like 33 to 36 on like a last second field goal. Dang, dang it. So they'll be there next year. They're going to whoop. They'll just be the best team next year. Yep. They're going to be competing with uh, North Dakota. I guess Appalachian State's out of there, so they don't really have to compete with them anymore. So Uh, Appalachian State is in the Sun Belt, I want to say, or some D1 little conference. But, but yeah, that is all I have for the show, unless you got something to add to it. I don't. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. As Pat would say, and I shouldn't say it like that. That's a bad thing to say. I was going to say, as Pat would say, we love you. We love you. But we love you. Appreciate the support. And Mike, take them to the outro. If you're doubting the Badgers, the Bucks, the Brewers, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.